So I see that we have, uh, I saw Jason Jackson come on. Are you here? He might still be connecting. I'm here. Shows- yeah, there he is. Oh, there we go. There go. Hi, Jason. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you for joining us, Jason. Not a problem. Pleasure to be here. There's Candy. Hi, Candy. Yeah, we've had Candy for a little bit. I think we have all of our, our panelist experts. So we're just going to turn it over to each of you for about an hour. <laughs> so you can, I mean, you probably probably could go for you an hour. You could probably talk for that long. Uh, uh, some of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is one o'clock. Are we ready to get started? What do you think, Wendy? Pat, we have about 45 participants, so yeah, I think we can go ahead and get going. There's Karen Forner. Oh, Eduardo made it in this time. Excellent. Hi, Eduardo. Uh, Janessa, you all ready to go? Looks like we are recording, so that's good. Hopefully, maybe some people had the opportunity last week to listen to the audio version and hear my NPR jazz that I put in. (laughs) I was really proud of that. It was a big deal. She cut in NPR like jazz. It wasn't actually NPR. It was not jazz. actually from NPR. It just yeah. sounded like NPR. That's right. I was like, this needs music. There we go. Jared, what's up, man? Hey, Jared. He's muted. All right. I know. He just <laughs> give me one of these. So hey. we're going to start with just a quick uh, conversation about how we're using Zoom because all of us are still getting used to it, although I bet everybody here is more of an expert now than you were two weeks ago. Uh, So first of all, one of the things that we like to use to get a little bit of input that we may or may not use throughout the session is if you look in your, if you have a panel on the right that shows you the participants, you'll be able to see that there are yes and no buttons there. If you don't have that panel, there should be down at the bottom of your screen, you've got like a little zoom control panel. You might have to move your mouse down there to see it. Uh, and click on the word participants to open up that little panel, which should show up to the right of your view screen. So if you can see that panel, and if you can see the yes and no buttons, click yes right now. Or if you're a smart aleck, you can click no. (laughs) (laughs) We'll also accept no. Oh, good. Looks like we don't have any smart alecks in the room. (laughs) Oh, come on. I know that's not true. Go faster. faster. (laughs) There's our smart Alec. There you are. Good deal. Okay. So it looks like people are generally finding it. There's a no. Uh, If you have any trouble finding that and you want it, there, Tony was one of our smart Alecs. Of course he was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you can click uh, and type in the chat. Although I suppose if you can't see the participants, you might not be able to see chat either. But if you have trouble, let us know and we'll get you on the right page. Uh, The other thing is muting and unmuting. So throughout the presentation, once in a while, everybody who has to speak, who wants to speak, will unmute themselves and speak. And then it can get noisy once in a while. We'll get some background noise. So throughout, we may mute everybody every so often. So if you notice you're muted, that doesn't mean we muted you on purpose. It means every so often we'll just click it. So uh, if you want to speak at any point, just unmute yourself and speak. Uh, unmute yourself. There's a, a mute unmute button on your little Zoom control panel. Uh, but also, Terry just told us that you can hit the space bar to unmute and mute yourself as well. Good to go. So, and I actually wanted to take a minute. So, uh, that was a great tip that we got from Terry that I had not, I was not aware of. So, does anybody else have any tips that you've been learning in this last week or two 
uh, about how to use Zoom, about how to more efficiently use it. So you have to click first the unmute, the mute button, and then use the space bar. Click it to activate it. Okay, got it. There we go, there working we go. on our end. I see Renee Carpenter. Good to see you, Renee. Hi, Renee. So I would ask everybody, too, that if you have the ability to share a video or at least a, a profile photo, uh, those are always better for sharing and for, for getting the word out for everybody. If we see a full screen of blank names, it doesn't feel very exciting, uh, but totally up to you. If you're still unshowered, I get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, without, so, without further ado, let's get going. Yeah. So first, we're gonna we're gonna start with a brief kind of state of affairs, everything that's happened between the last session and now. Uh, so one thing that was a little point was that uh, Karen Forner had a good employee health screening form that was there was question about whether or not it was on the ABC Resources site. So it is there, and you can find it. Uh, on the ABC Resources site under Department of Labor, I believe. And it's also on Arcade's, uh, our COVID-19 resources page, which you can find at arcadewayfinding.com. Uh, so then the other thing that came out after the last session was... So the purpose of this session, as of last week, because everything happened, uh, was to talk about the FFCRA in this session. Mm -hmm. The Families First Coronavirus Act. So since then, we have also had another piece of legislature come through, the CARES Act, which stands for, I have to look it up every time, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. And that is really going to be the focus today, is kind of talking about what those two laws are and what they mean. So another little piece of information that came out is that the Department of Labor uh, released some guidance. So one of the questions that we had last week was about whether or not employees who are staying home because our business is closed right now, whether those employees are eligible for the FFCRA 80 hours of paid sick leave. And the guidance that came out from the Department of Labor was that no, they are not, but they're meant to be handled by some of the stuff that's in this CARES Act instead. So we're gonna be talking more about the, the details of what that means and, and how it works, but that was another important piece of information that came out that we scrambled to communicate to everybody who wanted to know. Okay. So uh, we have experts who we're gonna to talk to in just a minute, but just to give the basic idea of the difference between the FF CRA and our experts are welcome to disagree with me as soon as we give you the mic. Mm -hmm. uh, but our take on it is that basically the FFCRA was meant to be sort of this quick emergency uh, way to deal with the people who are sick right now. So it was kind of an acute, quick response trying to, to solve the problem of that day, which was all of two weeks ago or so. And it was kind of before everything started shutting down. Mm -hmm. So the idea of it was more, if you're sick, if you're quarantined because you're sick, or you're taking care of someone who is quarantined who is sick, and then they did add on that piece that was also, if your kids are home because the schools are closed, mm -hmm. uh, that, that 80 hours of sick time is for those businesses and those people. The CARES Act is meant more to deal with this bigger picture, big thing that's happening to our country and our economy. And so that's got some stuff in it about more unemployment time. And it's also got this payroll protection loan piece to it that we're going to be talking more about that gives 
companies the ability to uh, borrow money to help pay payroll and if they actually use it for that to basically be able to convert it to a grant. And I think in the, the short, what that means is the government is trying to incentivize keeping people paid. And even if you can't afford it at this moment in time, they're hoping that they'll just give you the money so that mm -hmm. you keep uh, paying and then everyone keeps spending to limit the disruption on the economy. So, so again, in short bullet point form without all the details, basically it's built so that if you keep all of your people and if you keep paying everyone all of their salary, then that is how you get the highest amount of, of forgiveness, which is the part where we're turning that into a grant. Right. Uh, and then the other piece is that they're adding also more money to the unemployment benefits that people are able to get if they are unemployed. And also kind of the landmark piece is that this doesn't really have a lot to do with our businesses, but uh, people who are independent contractors, people who are this kind of gig economy people uh, are able to get more access to unemployment than they have been in the past. So the reason that that's relevant to businesses is people that we're paying that are independent contractors, uh, we should make sure that they're aware mm -hmm. that even though we can't necessarily help support them right now, there, there are these avenues for them that weren't always there. Right. And right. I think that's, that's our bullet point update of where we are. So yeah, that's the short, version. that's the short, the short version. version. So our panelists today, uh, I'll introduce you and then you can just kind of introduce yourself briefly mm -hmm. and then we'll give you guys some stage to talk about this mm -hmm. in more depth. We have Candy Fluger with BDO. Candy, where are you at? See if I can do this. Can you, well, she can unmute herself. Oh yeah. But you can Hold unmute on. her too. Hold on, wait. Oh, spotlight. Yeah, there, there we go. go. Hi, Where's Candy. <laughs> So we're going to come right back to you. We can't hear Candy. Yeah, can't. You're still muted. <laughs> oh, back to us. Okay, hold on. So Candy Pluger, and we have Andrew Cates. Andrew Cates. Where's Andrew? Afternoon, everybody. Hi, Andrew. Yes. Yep. And then we have and, uh, Andrew's with Moss Adams. He's a partner yep. and director of Tax Technical. Is that correct? That's right. Federal tax partner, income taxes. So if I start talking about employment issues, ignore me. <laughs> and then we have uh, Jason Jackson, senior HR consultant with BBSI. Where's Hi, everyone. Jason? There you are. Hi, Jason. And uh, Terry Poliak, certified business performance advisor with Insperity. Terry. He's muted. All right. Still here. Still Thanks, here. Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, of our panelists, who would who would like to share a little bit first about uh, the FFCRA? CRNA? No, CRA. <laughs> there we go, FFCRA, you're right. So between Terry, Jason, Andrew, and Candy, anybody want to jump in? Any takers? Jason? Hi, everyone. So... Um, to elaborate and expand on what you've already highlighted, um, the FFCRA, as far as, has two components, right? Has the Emergency Paid Sick Leave and the Emergency Paid Family Leave Act, which is the FMLA version. But there is some nuance around that that I would like to highlight as well, because if your organization was not uh, privy to the regular FMLA, the emergency version does apply for small business companies which have 
less than 500 employees. So I'll go highlight, I'll give an overview on that one. So the paid sick leave, um, as was mentioned um, by Arcade Wayfinding earlier, that uh, the, the Department of Labor threw a curveball over the weekend with to us as far as um, what's happening here. It, uh, if your business, uh, well, let me go back. The paid sick leave it provides 80 hours of paid sick leave for full-time employees, and it's a prorated amount, and I forget what the exact calculation is for part-time employees. And I think it's an average of the last six months of, of, of hours worked. So, and it is for a dollar for dollar type situation typically, um, but, uh, and all of that is reimbursed through. So the employer has to put up the, the, the payment first mm -hmm. and would have to get reimbursed through tax, tax credits. Um, In the FFCRA. The FFCRA, yes. 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 Um, as far as I know, and I think Andrew can probably elaborate on this, the IRS has not provided guidelines on how to recoup that yet, but uh, he can speak to that in, in a little bit because I have not heard anything in that regards. But for, for us, from because uh, we do payroll at BBSI, we for all of our clients, basically, we made sure that any hours that were that you're using for these dot for the emergency paid sick leave, emergency paid family leave, is coded differently from your regular paid time off leaves in your company because mm -hmm. you yeah. need that to get basically recoup those funds from the from the government. So for each one, however, the paid sick leave, emergency paid sick leave and the emergency paid family leave, there are six triggering uh, triggering uh, points, and one of them, was, uh, three of them, were outlined. And depending on the reason on why you're taking the paid sick leave or the emergency fa paid family leave. The, the 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 coverage is different. Mm -hmm. So can I share my screen really quick? Is that sure. Absolutely, please do. Because I have, if I can find it. And while Jason looks for it, for our other panelists as well, please feel free to share your screen at any point that that's helpful to you. Good to know. Technology, right? Yeah, we're all yeah. We're all learning. Here we go. Oh no, that's uh, <laughs> that's different. <laughs> that's actually the the PPP program. So when we get to that, is it sh is this one showing? Yes. Yep. Okay. It is showing up. We can see the PPP versus payroll. Okay. This is where, if this were Jason's screen, you'd see like the uh, spaceship game that he's been playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mining right now. <laughs> Okay, one more time. Oh, there it is. All right. Here we go. So there are six triggering qualifying reasons and why would one take emergency paid sick leave. Um, the first three, as you see here, as mentioned earlier, uh, basically employees subject to a federal state lo or local quarantine isolation. The employee has been advised by healthcare provider to self-quarantine, and the employee is experiencing symptoms of COVID-19. All of the first three is a dollar for dollar. So 100% of that will be recoverable. Basically, you can, the coverage is 100% of the, that person's income. Mm -hmm. um, there are caps and limitations, and I'll go through in the next slide. Uh, reason number four, five, and six. Four is employee is caring for an individual who's subject to an order of self-quarantine as described above. So if you have a partner, a child, or whatever it may be. And number five is employees caring for a son or daughter if school or child uh, uh, is, is, is closed or unavailable. And then number six is that anomaly where there's other duties as assigned. If, there is, if this situation evolves, 
the Health and Human Services Department can put it into that bucket. Four, five, and six will be at two-thirds rate of pay, okay? It's a, it's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, so you have to be mindful about that. And then, so to quickly, so that, that point one, that isolation order, that's where people initially thought that stay home, stay healthy was going to apply to that first case, that isolation order. And then the Department of Labor had put out the answer that actually, no, they don't, correct? Great point. Yes, that is the case. And so I do know, um, I mean, as this thing is continually evolving, I, I've heard some, uh, some groups are challenging that, but I don't know what how that will evolve. But as of right now, the order, the guideline from the Department of Labor is we're not eligible for that. Right. So, so we have a, a question from Josh Greasy saying at number four, if you're caring for someone mm -hmm, who's under a quarantine order, wouldn't it also be category two? Because you are in, con in close contact with someone who has the virus. What's, what's the response to that, Jason? Not necessarily, because it has the primary triggering point is number four. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can basically say that you've been uh, advised by a healthcare provider self-quarantine, yes, that would then uh, go into, in, uh, that would then be the, the, the triggering point. So you have so, to have a healthcare provider state that. Right. So related is uh, from Halicia at uh, Systems. She says, for reason number two, do you have to have written documentation from your healthcare provider or is it enough just to say, my doctor told me so? You have to be careful from an employer perspective, right, on what is your current practice. Because if, you're if your company has been practices prior to COVID-19 to ask for medical certification, then feel free to follow that. But if you're instituting that particular protocol now, I would basically say it's a good, do it in good faith mm -hmm. and then basically trust your employees. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Well, and the CDC also recommended that you didn't require that for right. not overtaxing the medical system. Right, that's true. They, they had made the recommendation that if you were just sick and then you were ready to come back now, uh, they're asking employers not to require a doctor's note because that person who was homesick never went to the right. doctor. If they have to go in now, then they're gonna overtax the system. They're gonna exactly. now maybe get exposed to things. Mm -hmm. Right, so let's, I mean, at, at this time, all those, uh, you know, trust bucks that you earn in, in employee engagement with the, with your employees. Now's the time to start using them, right? Yeah, yeah. You trust your employees. That's, so. that's great. That's a great way to put it. So another question we have from Amanda G. If the governor's order does not apply for number one, then what does number one mean? Is it not a state isolation order? And I think this is kind of the the gray area and the question that everyone's been asking. Uh, and I think that this is kind of changing as as guidelines come out. But anything to add to that, Jason? Very good point. So, for example, for for my company, we are since we we deal with finances, right? We we process payroll. We're considered essential. So, my my colleagues who are in the payroll role, they still have to work. Mm -hmm. If they can't, you know, if they are uh, quarantined based on this particular situation and they cannot come into work, then that would be applied because of the fact that their business is still continuing. If your company has reduced hours, mm -hmm. has laid off um, furloughed folks, that would, this paid sick leave would not apply to that particular situation. Right. Okay, carry on. <laughs> there are, oops, there are uh, caps on this. Um, if, on the third bullet on this one, um, as I mentioned, uh, I'm sorry, the first bullet is that employees rate regular rate of pay for reasons one, two, and three. 
and two-thirds re regular rate of pay for reasons four, five, and six. But there are caps. Uh, cap for $511 or $5,110 in aggregate per person for qualifying reasons for one, two, and three, and $200 per day or and $2,000 in aggregate per person for qualifying reasons four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. right. So what does that mean? From a payroll perspective, as I mentioned, you, you create earning codes that are separate from your, your paid sick leave, but you also have to monitor the caps because if you keep on piling on the paid sick leave, right? And, 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 and you, you have to, to monitor the daily, the quota, and as well as the aggregate quota. Mm -hmm. And um, so again, this is only uh, this particular legislation, I believe, if I remember correctly, sunsets December 30th of 2020, and it does not roll over from 2020 to 2021. So it has to be exhaust whatever is used in 2020, and that's it. That makes sense. So quick side note, uh, we have a note from Karen Forner, who, as anyone who was here last week remembers, uh, did a lot to help us last week to understand this. And uh, in answer to Amanda's question about whether or not this counts as a state isolation order, she says isolation and quarantine are specific public health terms that are different than a stay home, stay healthy type order. So stay home, stay healthy is not a state isolation order uh, from Karen. Got it. Good. So Jason, uh, are we ready to roll over to Andrew and see what he has to add to the FFCRA? Yes, I'm done. Yeah, thank perfect. You. Well, thank you so much, really appreciate it. So click cancel the spotlight video and then spotlight go. Andrew. All right, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, so that's a good summary on the caps and what, uh, what was being said about how to qualify in the different categories, there's still, you know, confusion there. And so I think as people start getting into that, those get answered. Um, that the ability to get that credit themselves, so you're right, there's upfront by the employer, but then the mechanism to actually get those credits is the Form 941, which employers are going to start filing mm -hmm. for the quarter that this matters. Um, they move the effective date from April 2nd to April 1st, so there's a clean cutoff. Mm -hmm. And so from April to June, there's your quarter and you're going to do your calculations and the credit's going to be, uh, the, the, uh, employer portion of the social security. Mm -hmm. And so that's the amount that you're going to claim as a credit. And then anything over and above that, that you've calculated to be your credit will be refundable. Mm -hmm. And the guy and the IRS has put out guidance. They've got a, uh, internal revenue, 2020-57 is where you can go to, to find some, some guidance on that. It's, it's helpful. There's also a, um, an FAQ and a fact sheet for employers at the same spot. So they've, they've started to generate the information that you need to actually mechanically get through that. So I think those are helpful. But again, it's, it's dollar for dollar. That was People weren't uh, quite sure how that was going to work when this first came out. Um, yes, the employer's got the upfront cost, but then they'll be able to capture it. Mm -hmm. um, probably a, a key takeaway there is that now that the CARES Act is passed, there's an element of that that we'll get into that mm -hmm. is, is actually a deferral of any kind of deposits that you have to make. Mm -hmm. So that's an additional element, as well as there's also another wage credit there. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so a bit of this just a couple turns more. into an accounting shell game. Um, it is, unfortunately. Right? That, that it's really just knowing where to move the dollars or into which sub-account or what have you. And the bottom line hit to, to individual companies is severely or significantly decreased 
because of of the added flexibility in this shell game. Yeah, I mean, I think of the way that I thought about it is that when they first came out with this, they were trying to get sick leave benefits and family leave benefits immediately, and employers didn't have that already set up. So that incremental cost, this was their mechanism to offset that cost dollar for dollar. And so, that's why the, the cap on the benefit and the cap on the credit are the same. So you had said that there are some forms that can help us get to the bottom of that. Uh, can you please, we have a couple of people in chat who are looking for, uh, give us a little direction as to how to find those things. Sure. Actually, I'll share my screen. That would be excellent. If you told me I can do that. Yes. And if I know anything about ABC, uh, these resources will probably show up if they're not already on their site, mm -hmm. uh, on their site. And they'll, well, I will also make sure to put links to these on the Arcade Wayfinding COVID resource site. Yeah, so this is, there's the IRS website, um, and this again is, uh, what's their identifier on this? I think you can just go onto the website and type, type COVID, um, but this is their release 2020-57. And they've got the key takeaways up above, but then as you go down below, it gets into the very specific uh, examples. Mm -hmm. um, it's got, it's got a non-enforcement period, and then they've got their link to their um, tax relief website. Perfect. And that will take you to this page. Coronavirus tax relief. Yes. And this is helpful. You can see the news releases are, are stacking up. And so you want to, I mean, this is literally changing daily. Yep. Um, so this is, this is a great resource and it's also got the CDC and, and other government links there. Yep. So then we also have a question from another, a question from Karen Forner who says, what about the recoupment of healthcare costs if someone is out on FFCRA leave? So I think there's some overlap here. Um, and this might be a good time to go into a federal benefit that exists uh, anyway. So Section 139 is one where, where there's disasters, employers can give employees funds immediately without it being part of payroll. And there's some very specific requirements around it, but Washington State was declared a national disaster area. Other states are, and it looks like it's cascading. But those were typically thought of uh, during floods and you know, fires and other things where the governors declared disaster areas. Um, and it's really employer assistance that they were trying to say, okay, if you need to get dollars to people quickly to cover things, you can do that. Okay, what's the name for that? So Internal Revenue Code Section 139, and they're called disaster relief payments. Now, the reason I bring it up is that in order to make those, you have to have the cash, mm -hmm. right? And the way you're getting the cash in a lot of instances is the new, you know, SBA loan program that's, that's, ramping up all the cash that employers are going to get so that they can make payments for their business expenses. And these disaster relief payments are part of that in so much as they're helping the employment workforce stick around and survive a disaster. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and so the money may be coming from loans and grants, but if you can't, um, if you're not paying somebody through payroll and income, mm -hmm then it may just be that the employer wants to help them out mm -hmm. and you can qualify them under 139. So I think that answers the question in a long way. 
Mm -hmm. But it applies to more than just healthcare costs. It, it applies to funeral expenses and all sorts of unexpected um, expenses that occur because of the disaster. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the key. You're not replacing wages. Um, it's not part of the sick leave elements that what we've been talking about or the paid family leave. It's really on top of that. It's this whole other separate thing. Totally separate. Yeah. Right. So then I have a question from Diana R. If paying employee well off for qualifying reasons, uh, then normal tax and other deductions, the credit is employer portion of taxes only, correct? Employer portion, yes. Right. So then we take normal taxes out of the payroll that we're paying right now, correct? Correct. Now, keep in mind, you, you get to later. So this is how the credit works. And then theoretically, the company is going to owe you know, the, the deposits for the rest of them. Yeah. Right. But now they've got this CARES Act that said, okay, but we're going to, we're going to delay those. You're, you're still going to deposit those, but you're not going to deposit them until the end of 2021. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, 50% then, and then 50% yeah. in 2022. 2022. So it's, yeah. it's, it's really, um, like you said, the, the kind of the accounting waterfall that's going on here, but ultimately those deposits won't get made the ones that are actually owed till much later. So well, don't, don't lose track of those. Yeah, well, yeah. that's really helpful because <laughs> there's, there's so much talk about the government getting money into people's hands. And the issue is even if we go get this loan or even these, these $1,200 payments or whatever, mm -hmm. how quickly can we get it to people because they need it right now. Mm -hmm. So I think stuff like this where you get to defer money that you already have in your hands is really useful for people who are trying to stay afloat right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And you can tell the, how they're doing this and the, and the releases and the guidance that are coming, I think, are, are in real time addressing the urgency. Mm -hmm. So as you, as you started seeing the initial you know, extension of ex, extra sick leave, mm -hmm. and then that moved to, well, we got to figure out how to get this immediately impactful and not make it you know, a pay them now, we'll give you money later game. Right. And now it's, now it's express loans to companies mm -hmm. and then finally okay don't make any deposits for your taxes right yeah and and don't in fact don't do it for a year or two right yeah and that's that's the the employer type taxes mm -hmm. right income taxes they're still working on they delayed them till july yeah um right. there's talk you know of them extending that beyond that if things are continued to so continues to develop Right. Got it. And when we were talking to Jason, he had made the comment that uh, we don't have a lot of guidance right now on how exactly we're going to get those credits mm -hmm. for that 80 hours of sick leave from the FFCRA. Mm -hmm. So we have a message from Karen reminding us that uh, she says that FFCRA gives dollar for dollar credit for healthcare costs if someone is out on FFCRA leave. There's an IRS Department of Labor statement on that. And we're actually going to give Karen a minute after uh, we're done talking with uh, our panelists here, and we're going to hear what Karen has to say about some of this. Great. So uh, do we have anything else to add to the FFCRA, Andrew? Or are you ready to hand it over? I think that covers it pretty well. I think the rest kind of gets diving into the <laughs> – you, re you really got to go onto the website and do the mechanical – Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, calculations to, to kind of gr gr grasp it, but I think that's a good overview. Yeah, right. or talk to people like Andrew who can help your company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we'll I think Andrew's help. probably we'll busy right now. Out. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we're getting a lot of sleep here. And then we're going to, so we're going to run through the FFCRA and then we're going to come back around and run through for the CARES Act. So mm -hmm. we'll, that's because that's a whole nother um, kind of. Mm -hmm. So a quick uh, note. Well, thank you, uh, Andrew. And we'll come back to you, I'm sure. Cancel the spotlight. There we go. So uh, Wendy, where are you at, Wendy? Yes. Right here. What do we need from here Wendy? Here we go, Wendy. Uh, so I just want to take a, a short break here with you. Uh, one of the, the, it's almost the mantra of ABC staff that, that we're here. Uh, we're here to help. We're here to provide support to everybody. And uh, one of the phrases that I, I hear staff use is, we're not first responders. We have, <laughs> we have time to, to be thoughtful about our response and be slow uh, and, and give first-rate service, but quality is number one. Uh, so how are you doing with, uh, with being a first responder and how's the staff doing? Just a, a quick blurb. Yeah, here. quick check-in. Yeah, well, we're first responders now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last week, we have come together and worked really hard to yeah. make sure that our website is a resource for members, mm -hmm. that the information up there is helpful. Anytime we have a member ask for something, we put it up there, figuring if one member asks, then mm -hmm. there's going to be others that, that are looking for that as well. Mm -hmm. Trying to be on LinkedIn, sharing what we have and what we're doing so that we're hitting members not only through email on our website and LinkedIn, mm -hmm. but we're out there helping as much as possible. So mm -hmm. everyone on the team is working hard, trying to help members through this challenging time. Yeah, so I guess the short of that is if anybody on this call needs something, uh, go ahead and reach out to Wendy and staff and they are first responders right now. <laughs> They're so, gonna do everything they can to get you to where you need to go. Yeah, they can get you directed. So thank you, Wendy. Yeah. Well, let me do a couple call outs. So Jared, Jared's on the call, he's membership. Let's see if Jared waves his arm here. Jared, so Jared, where where's Jared? There's there Jared. There's Jared. Like Jared. So Jared's our membership director. He can help out. <laughs> Tony. Tony's our safety manager. Where's Tony? Now we got to find Tony. <laughs> right here. He's waving his arms. There he is. There he is. <laughs> like Tony. There's Tony. Hi, Tony. And then Michelle isn't on the call, but she um, she's the one that's been posting everything to the website and doing the social media. Mm -hmm. that's Janessa. Work. Janessa does tech support for us on these Zoom calls. Yeah. Confirmations Janessa. from her. Spotlight Janessa for a second. Spotlight. Hi, Janessa. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to Thank go. You. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Candy, do we want to go to you? Are you are you ready to share about FFCRA? Have anything to add to all of the information we just got? I was planning just to gather questions and send them back to the BDL specialists in the um, compensation and benefits section. Got it. So I was not prepared. Oh, it's That's okay. okay. You're it's good. Okay. So, Candy, feel free to jump in in the case that uh, you hear something that you can weigh in about, and feel free to uh, type your input into the questions as well into the comment section over here, and we will definitely circle back with you. Uh, how about Terry? From Insperity. 
Uh, actually, hello. I was trying to get someone from Insperity that actually knew what they were talking about. <laughs> and it's not me. Uh, I do have a lot of um, uh, paper documents coming in, but I haven't had time to really go through it all. And I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of what everybody else is starting to see is, as everybody is getting used to getting now a plethora of information and saying, what does this really mean? And how do I apply this? And what do I do here? So um, I can't add a lot at, at, in the, uh, the audio portion of this, but mm -hmm. uh, as we get things, we'll forward it on to uh, Wendy and Janessa right. and the gang and, and get them out. But right. we, uh, we certainly are here to help as well. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, so last week, uh, we, we didn't have as much preparation and we just kind of jumped in and said, well, let's just all get together and talk about what's going on. Uh, but Karen Forner, who is an employment attorney, ended up being a really helpful resource. She was kind of our expert last week. Mm -hmm. uh, so Karen has had a little time to get her head around some things. So I wanted to just give her a minute. She's last page. Right oh, there. There I wanted to give her a minute to kind of tell us uh, anything she'd like to add to everything that we've been saying. Um, yeah, the Family First Coronavirus Response Act benefits do flow to workers and you do get those dollar to dollar credits and the health care back if you are operational as an essential business. So everyone can go to work. Uh, you've got a workforce working and you have an employee who qualifies for reason one, two or three or four or five and six. Mm -hmm. uh, those benefits are available to those workers as of April 1st and they do qualify for them. Uh, and there are there are construction projects uh, that are considered essential and that are up and going. So uh, it was just a surprise to pretty much the entire employment community when the Department of Labor said, if, you're, if your businesses slow down or close due to orders such as stay home, stay healthy, none of this flows. Uh, we were very surprised. I was, our firm was one of the first to catch it. I guess we're just the ones who dig down in the weeds and, we're so scared about not getting it right that we spent the time to actually look at the Department of Labor uh, nuances uh, Thursday night. But uh, I talked with some people over the weekend, some CPAs and other attorneys. We think that was a political decision mm -hmm. uh, in that the CARES Act had passed. So, you know, jump back, I don't know, 10 days ago when they first passed the FFCRA, you know, nationally, the rest of the country is not as bad as Washington is. So the laws are getting made by states, uh, representatives from states where things are not that bad there yet. So at first they said, well, for these smaller employers, $4.99 or less, we feel sorry for the people. Let's, mm -hmm. let's have those employers be the social safety net. Mm -hmm. We'll have them pay out to workers and we'll pay them back later. And that's how we're going to make sure they're taken care of. And I'm sure these bigger companies and corporations will take care of their people. I so, mean, in a nutshell, I think that's it. Then they so, realize this is really, really bad. Lots of people are going to be out of work. So they shoved most of the money into the unemployment system, mm -hmm, pushing right. out money directly to employees, uh, taxpayers, as well as beefing up unemployment. So mm -hmm. I think they limited the FFCRA benefits because they had beefed up the unemployment benefits so much right. that instead of burdening small employers, they said, let's, let's just beef up the unemployment system. So quick, 
clarifier, Karen, uh, one of the, and it's related to one of our questions here, uh, something that we see or hear a lot of is the term uh, essential business. And yeah. in construction, it's, it's a little bit different or more nuanced because there are essential projects or there are essential trades or, or essential disciplines. So it's a little bit more multifaceted. And many companies have projects or, or pieces of their business that are considered essential. And then there are pieces that are not. So the question that we received, and it looks like a couple of people are interested in, is related to the uh, FFCRA. What if half of your business is considered essential and the other half is not? Commercial jobs. Uh, that, Go ahead. Yeah. So if you have employees who are not working because mm -hmm. you had to scale back work, uh, they were the people assigned to the non-essential work, and now you don't have work for them, they probably don't qualify for FFCRA. If you have your superintendent and key people on the project that is up and running, mm -hmm. and then someone can't work for one of those qualifying reasons, then likely they would qualify and you can pay out those benefits. Uh, there's been a lot of... Um, I'm a member of a lot of industry organizations that are having these discussions about essential work. It's, it's, a, it's really economic uh, survival and viability versus doing what's right by the public good. It's really interesting to hear different companies talking about wanting to protect their workers. They have a lot of employees who are in high-risk categories, and they don't really feel it's safe to get going, and they don't feel a project is essential, but... Whoever's running the project wants it to power forward, and they're shoehorning in some analysis that that project is essential. So right. I think a week ago Monday, BIAW sent out a memo with some legal memo, which I wasn't too impressed with, that said basically it's all systems go for all construction, residential and mm -hmm. commercial. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the governor took kindly to that extremely aggressive interpretation of his order. Mm -hmm. And so Wednesday afternoon, he said, no, the default is construction is not essential work, yeah. 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 except for this, this, and this. Right. And there, there is a provision to contact, it's MIL, I can't even remember what that stands for. Mm -hmm. uh, but the governor's uh, office, there's a, a portal where you can ask a question, you can, and I did it on behalf of a number of my clients, mm -hmm. um, depending on industry. So I did residential roofing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've got someone in the middle of a project, are they allowed to continue the project? Uh, what if someone's roof is actually leaking? Mm -hmm. Can they do the project? What if it's an old roof and they'd just like to get it replaced now? Yeah. I mean, my feeling is halfway through and it's finished it enough that it's not going to damage the house mm -hmm. or someone's roof is leaking. You repair the part of the roof, but you yeah. don't do a complete tear off and redo it. Mm -hmm. And if someone just would like to have their roof replaced, no, you don't get to, to do it. Yeah. And I am getting, uh, I just, I sent everything in Wednesday about an, an hour after the governor gave his construction clarification mm -hmm. and I got answers back Friday afternoon and Saturday. And I figured they must have been bombarded with questions. So my guess is if you are not sure about your company, your work, or if you're a sub on a project that's saying we're essential when you really doubt that it is and you would prefer not to put your workforce out there in that situation, mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm doing it on behalf of some of my clients. They want me to be the front person because then I can, I just say on behalf of a particular client, this is what's yeah. going on. Is that covered or not yeah. without actually putting their name out there? I run so, the scenario by. Yep. So Karen, we're, we're going to yeah. get into this topic in more detail on Thursday okay. uh, related to essential projects and what have you. And the focus of today is FFCRA oh, and CARES. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, you're okay. Um, and, and the uh, the essential project and essential work is very relevant and very timely. And uh, the, the general approach that I've taken thus far is, does the work that you're, you're doing make the building, does it protect the building? Does it protect people or not? If it doesn't protect people and even a temporary barrier is protecting the building, then it's probably not essential, right? Whereas if there's an active hole, an active problem, an active breach, structural failure. it's creating failure. a danger. Yeah, if you're making it less safe by not doing it, then that's probably an essential piece of work that, that you'd want to consider. But we can mm -hmm. talk about that more on uh, Thursday. So uh, I, I think we're ready to move into CARES. I believe so. Oh, uh, so I don't know. Andy's only been here for a minute, mm -hmm. uh, but Andy has joined us, Andy Kaplitz from ABC. Mm -hmm. And Wendy had asked when Andy gets here, mm -hmm. if we could give him a minute to update us on what he's seeing. And, and it sounds like we don't Did we have... lose Andy? No, I'm here. I can Andy's tell you this. Okay. I can tell you this. Uh, maybe this is the best way to characterize it. There is not consensus right now within the construction industry as to where to go with this. There is clearly concern <laughs> yeah. about the economic impact. Yeah. But let me tell you also um, that, uh, you know, there's been, the, the governor is speaking at 2.30 again this afternoon. People are hearing indications that maybe we're lessening the curve, a the arc a little bit. And hopeful mm -hmm. that that means things are going to open up. But I have it on uh, from uh, Senator Reuven Carlisle, who I saw on Saturday, that the apex date for Washington State right now is April 18th. That's not an, a, a date that you hear the governor referring to, mm -hmm. but it was given to me. So don't expect uh, things to ease up. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw the president's guidance as well, April 30th. There is going to be time. And mm -hmm. you're just going to have to wait it out. We're, uh, we're going to reconvene again on Wednesday to see if we have any further guidance or so if there's anything that clearly comes out of it. But it's a real tightrope to ask a question about easing up the restrictions on construction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Real tightrope. So I would, I, the only thing I'd say to everybody who's on here, mm -hmm. if you're not sure, the answer is no. It's like yes. when, <laughs> yeah. when your parents, you say, come on, I want a cupcake. And they say, how many times do I have to say? Yeah. Okay, because we do run the risk of a couple of different things. You have to worry about a public black eye if we are too fast to jump in yeah. and spread. I've yeah. heard four, several instances over the weekend. I'm, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox. I'm trying to be very concise here. You can't see how this spreads. Yeah. And we are having some success in lessening the rate of spread in the state, but we mm -hmm. are far from the apex. Yep. So th if there's any question in mind, you need to go through the process as tedious as it is, as, as much as they don't have definitive guidance for you right now, we're trying to get clarification from the governor's office about how to manage this when the sheriff of Sumner is threatening to, to arrest construction workers. Yeah, and nice. some people are doing what they need to to shore up and finalize projects so that they can be mothballed. Yeah. There's still some uncertainty, but when in doubt, stop. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, thank so, you, Andy. Yep, and by all means, yeah. Andy, feel free to jump in at any point if you see something that you want to address. So, uh, Will do. Many of the clients that we're, we're talking with in terms of going through this challenge, uh, they're, they're being pushed to move forward with projects. 
And uh, they're kind of dragging their feet and drawing a line in the sand and saying, we're not going to proceed unless we can do it safely or we deem it's essential. The, the quick response there is, if I'm a subcontractor or general contractor being pushed to proceed with the work and I believe that the work is not essential, then I'm going to put the burden of proof of, of the, essenti the essentiality <laughs> of that project on my customer. So I'll do it with respect and I'll do it with candor, uh, but please show me in, in the governmental uh, direction where where you're reading that it's essential because I don't understand it. You prove to me that it's yeah. essential yeah, if you want me to continue. Yeah, I'm, I'm a team member, I'm here for you, but the, the governor is telling me to stop unless I have proof otherwise. Yeah. So uh, we should move on to the CARES Act because yeah. we have lots of, of ground to cover there. Yeah, and it's getting late. It's getting late. <laughs> so uh, do we have any volunteers between Terry, uh, Jason, Andrew, Candy, uh, who would like to start with CARES Act? Back around to Jason, you want to take it? Or Andrew? What do we think? We'll let somebody else try. Jason? <laughs> what do you think, Jason? Okay, I will give um, this a try, and I'm going to share my screen yet because I just got off of a, uh, a presentation from internally here. So While, um, while you were doing this, <laughs> at the same time? To guide me, so. <laughs> uh, see if I can get this uh, running. So while Jason starts up to go back to kind of our summary from the beginning, and again, by all means, tell me if I've got something wrong, Jason, that this is the plan that expands, uh, expands unemployment for people who are unemployed, and it makes these loans that convert to grants available to small businesses. That is correct, yes. So um, this is a deck that uh, we just released internally, and I'm going to share with you. Um, so the CARES Act has basically three components. So first of all, can you see my screen? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there are the PPP, which is Payroll Protection Program, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And then there is the Payroll Tax Credits, which is the Employer Deferral for Social Security and Employee Retention Tax Credits. So um, basically the Payroll Protection Program establishes basically $350 billion for provisions on loans to small businesses for loans made between February 20th to June 30th of 2020. So you have to apply by June 30th. And again, only qualifying, uh, only available to qualifying small employers. Mm -hmm. And up to 100% of the loan is eligible for forgiveness, which is basically a grant. So, and then... Um, uh, we can, I don't know how, how much in detail we go into that, but um, so what does a, a small business mean? Small business basically is uh, anywhere from a company that has less than five, with 500 employees or less. So uh, just a high level overview on that one. So, yep. but um, eligibility requirements basically are very simple. Uh, you have to be in business as of February 15, 2020. So you can't, had, you can't just start a business. Right, like today, you can't just do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Well, and if I could add a quick clarification, something I heard that I thought was very helpful was basically that if you were eligible for an SBA loan in the past, you generally probably are eligible for this. And right. even some companies who were not eligible for SBA loans, you should check because you might be because they've expanded that a little bit. That is, that is correct. Is characterize Actually, it? That is correct. Number three, uh, the bullet point number three in the bottom, basically, if you already have an existing SBA loan or in the process of already getting an SBA loan, you can actually use this program to refinance that loan. Okay. That's good so, to know. 
And you'll probably get a better rate with this program. And a, another kind of side note is, isn't it true that if you're already paying back an SBA loan, isn't there some element of deferment to that? That's a question I actually asked. <laughs> I had the same question earlier this morning, so I don't know the question, the answer to that question, unless okay. someone in, in, in the panel can, can provide some light into that, because I was on another a couple of other conference calls um, and no one really knew what the, the, what the answer to that question is. Okay, fair. Um, as you can see here, uh, some of the other details, uh, no, no application fees or closing costs, uh, maximum interest rate is up to 4%, uh, loan terms is uh, up to 10 years. The and first six- You skipped no collateral, that's a huge- oh, one. Yeah, yes. so that's no some- No personal guarantees, yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> Right. So that was, I know one of the big things is that historically, if you want an SBA loan, then three things are true. You have to prove you tried to get a loan somewhere else first. You have to have uh, collateral and personal guarantees. And all of those things are waived for this, correct? That is correct. Exactly. So again, it, the, the whole goal of this is to get cash flow going, right? Get your employees paid to continue and, and to, so your business continue on its normal course of action as far as that's concerned. A couple of things to note also, the first six months of payments and principal are automatically deferred and you have to apply from what I heard, if you can extend it up to a year, but you have to work with the uh, SBA administration to get that uh, extension. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, again, the maximum loan amount as far as calculations, is two and a half times average total monthly payments of payroll cost uh, during the one year period prior. Now, for those businesses that were just recently you know, installed, you would have to work with your, your uh, SBA administrator or loan officer to understand how to calculate that. So, but this is typically the guidelines. So in, in rough terms, we would take our total payroll for last year. 2019. We would right. average that for, for a monthly expenditure. Right. And then it would be 2.5 times that number roughly. Is right. what you can borrow. Right, and if you can see here on the left side, you have the payroll cost when it's included, wages, tips, vacation pay, and all those things as far as the cost. On the right side, keep in mind, if you have anyone uh, in the compensation of $100,000 or more than $100,000, those figures or those numbers gets, ex get, gets excluded from the calculation. Right, so what I had heard about this then is just to clarify how that works is that it is uh, prorated, so, if you're making more than $100,000 a year, then they look at what that monthly income is and anything mm -hmm. over that amount, that's what's excluded. So it doesn't right. mean you have to have already paid them 100,000 by now exactly. for it to be excluded. It is that monthly prorated amount. Right. So one question that we heard and have not heard clarification on yet, so it's okay if you don't know, is uh, <laughs> what about commissions? How does commission uh, figure into this? As of right now, um, it's not included from what I saw in the legislation as well. It's not included as far as that's concerned because it's all, uh, however, tips are included. So I don't understand. Right. Uh, and so it's not uh, what it's, it's a, it's a form of variable pay. So I don't know yet to the answer to that question, but again, I would assume that that would be challenged down the road or would sometimes somehow evolve. Right. Okay. So yeah. at a bare minimum, it would be the base pay. Right. That would be, that would be reimbursable or included in the loan. Correct. Yeah. All right. Carry on. Any FFCRA paid leave that you that you are taking advantage of, depending on when you, which again goes into effect as of April first, 
um, again, depending on when you apply, uh, would not be included in the, in the calculation of this. Uh, loan. It just means that they're not going to give you money twice for right. the same thing. Right. Right. And, and I think that also applies in the 1099 case. If folks are, are working on a 1099, you have to pay attention to uh, not, not receiving benefits twice in that category. So now we're moving on to the fun part. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the part where basically where the loan repayment comes into play, the forgiveness or the grant option, right? Mm -hmm. um, forgiveness is equal to the amount of qualifying expenses incurred in the first eight-week period after the origination of the PPP loan. Mm -hmm. um, to, some of the qualifying expenses can include payroll cost, as we defined earlier, rent payments, mortgage interest, no principal payments, uh, utility payments, electricity, gas, water, telephone, or internet access, all those things that come into play. Um, there was a question earlier about health cost, to recouping health cost. I thought it was under this particular criteria, but it apparently it isn't. But again, I'm going to dig in further on that one. So if there's more revelation, as of right now, it's not covered under this, um, but uh, which is kind of interesting. Well, no, I'm sorry. It's in, so the, the health benefits is in go. payroll costs. Yeah, it's the payroll costs. So group health benefit. So it is covered under this. So uh, this is your, so your PPP program, whatever loan that you, 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 you get approved for, you can recoup the, the cost from group health benefits under this particular program. Right. Uh, so, so ultimately what this tells us is if we spend all the money that we borrowed on payroll, rent, and utilities, then all of that money will be a grant provided the next part, which I'm sure you're about to get into in terms of keeping our people and keeping them paid. Mm -hmm. uh, and with the, the rent discussion or the rent reimbursement component, the rent grant component, that is office rent or facilities rent. Uh, would that include any kind of vehicle leases or, or lease payments along those lines for equipment or vehicles? I did not see anything from a, from a, a capital equipment cost in that regard. It's only specifically talking about uh, mortgage interest for your uh, office or whatever property that you own. Um, I did not see anything to that nature as far as uh, 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 company cars or things of that nature. So a uh, quick side note, Josh, Josh Greasy is asking uh, for people who need to leave it to, mm -hmm. uh, he says, can we have the slides from the presentation? So piece one is the video and the audio from this presentation will absolutely be up uh, on YouTube, you can get to it from our website, uh, from our COVID resources page. Mm -hmm. uh, you also, from I'm ABC's sure, can get YouTube. to it from, yeah, AB, it'll be on ABC's YouTube. Mm -hmm. But Jason, uh, is this slide deck something you are at liberty to share for us to give to people watching or no? So um, we are releasing um, uh, a, a recorded video to go through all of this. Mm -hmm. I'll okay. share it with Wendy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then Wendy can distribute it to anyone that, uh, you know, within the group that, that would like to participate in, and learn more about it. So it is our current version right now. And again, as I mentioned, the caveat is the interpretation of this will probably continue evolving. So yep. keep yes. that in mind <laughs> and definitely work with your uh, uh, accountants just to get an update and, 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 and how things evolve. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then you will have access to this video and you will have access to a video that is coming soon from BBSI. Watch yes. ABC for that. Yes. All right, continue. <laughs> um, I think that's about, and basically to what you're saying earlier, yes, the intent of this loan is to keep your company afloat and your employees employed. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to find a slide that speaks to this. So um, 
I'm trying to, sorry, I'm going back. That's okay. So the short of it is, I'll summarize while you look, the, the short of it is that if you keep all of your people employed and if you don't reduce their compensation, then that increases right. your forgiveness case, uh, right. eligibility. Right. right. And it's by the, the, the more than 25%, I think, that you're going to talk about. But the, the spirit of what's happening is the government is trying to keep everybody working and everybody paid and and prevent a major calamity so for business owners who are on that's what this program is for is to to enable you to keep your people working moving forward and not not cause mass layoffs so right? the short of it is if you even if you spend all that money on qualified expenses but you also let go of half your workforce then uh, that will reduce the forgiveness that you get. So Jason, right. go ahead and clarify that for us. Um, so one thing to note, um, if you've already reduced your workforce mm -hmm. and apply for this particular program, um, you, if you, and you get approved, and most people will get approved, pretty much everyone will get approved for this, but it just depends on the amount. Um, uh, you can, if you include those employees reduction uh, in the calculation of your application, you have to recall them by the, I think June 30th, there's a component on that. And I'm yes. a little bit fuzzy on that. So please, please, please wait for my final video on that one, but it'll go through the calculation in detail because I'm still on the same page as you are. I'm still learning about this. Um, and I just got my first briefing on this this morning. So, so you're, if, you're doing very good. Yeah, you're doing excellent. <laughs> so if you have to let people go, but you bring them back by June 30th, then you basically don't incur that penalty that you otherwise do. That is my understanding as of right now, yes. Also, people who make more than $100,000, if you have to decrease their pay down to $100,000, there's no penalty for that. That's correct. So um, essentially what this is doing is encouraging employers to pay their employees uh, something, something close to their, to their current wage, uh, even if that means that they're staying home doing nothing for the benefit of the business. That is correct. Yep. Right. So the other question, and I haven't heard direct clarification, so uh, Carrie Cordes is asking, do we apply through our bank or through an SBA website? So I know it's coming from lenders. Um, any, any guidance on how we apply for this? So what do we do? Who do we talk to? How do we start it? I believe there is, um, uh, the SBA has partnerships with various financial institutions. You basically go through the same uh, outlets to, um, uh, to find out as far as that's concerned. Um, if your current financial institution that you partner with is not an SBA approved lender, there is a website to find out who they are. It's basically through the SBA program. There is a lender match tool Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's sba.gov. Um, it will give you a list of a lot uh, of the financial institutions in our area that who, who, who partners with the SBA. Uh, right. So you can get it that way. And another piece of information that I heard was that uh, another part of this bill and trying to get money to people fast is that they're actually going to be adding to that list. So mm -hmm. if you really like right. your bank and you want to stick with your bank, if you ask them about it, it could be that they, if they're not currently an SBA lender, they may become one in short, in short order. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a fast track process from application to get financial institution uh, eligible for the program. So uh, I have Halisha asking if the SBA disaster assistant loans is something different. And I know that the short answer is yes. 
So what do you have for us about that? That is my understanding. That was the first round Mm -hmm. of uh, legislation that came through uh, when this whole thing started. Um, I want to say that was a phase one back in March 6th. Mm -hmm. This is like a normal SBA loan, correct? Right. And it was a disaster one. Right. And it was a, a, a quick, quick influx of cash into small business owners. But then as things evolved, basically that was the first, first wave of legislation. Then the FFCRA, this is the third way, which is the CARES Act. So this is entirely different. So it adds to that. But I had heard that if you already have, uh, what those are idle loans, if you already have one of those in, in process that I believe you can convert it to one of these. Is that correct? That is my understanding. You can refinance it through this particular PPP program. Right. But again, I, uh, from, I was at a, a call with the county, uh, Tacoma Pierce County, uh, Pierce County, as far as that's concerned. But they, one of the, the professionals there from, the, from uh, uh, one of the banks basically mentioned, it is key to note that you need to speak with your loan officers to find out basically the technicalities of what program you had prior mm-hmm. and what you're going into now. So I don't know, again, what programs you had, right? So there's some technicalities around that. Right, right. So another question I have, and uh, this may or may not be you, Jason, uh, our employees are frequently paid overtime. So when they go and look at their monthly, there's going to be overtime included in that. So paying them eight hour work weeks will reduce their monthly income. Mm -hmm. Can I pay them overtime so I don't end up with excess PPP money? It feels, would you want to just lessen the amount that you borrow to make, make, just basically borrow your payroll times two and a half. Well, how does how does overtime come without into play? payroll? Well, I would not pay someone overtime if they haven't worked the overtime. Right, that is the fundamental issue here, yeah. uh, because now you're using overtime as a calculating tool, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to get the amount of the loan. But you should not. I would not prorate because it's setting a precedent now. At this time, at this, this time though, it's like everything's out the window from an HR standpoint. Right. In this situation, I, I just would would not do it at this time because you're only mm-hmm. um, the name of the game is extending your cash flow here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and actually, we're going to be talking about that on Thursday as well, uh, improving cash flow in the short term and keeping your doors open. So, what can we do to to right. Contribute to, to that. that if you're available on Thursday, and the same goes with any of our panelists. Yeah, we'd love to have one. you. Yeah, we'd love to have you back. And I just went to the link that Halisha provided, the SBA link, and right there's a, a banner right at the top that is uh, apply for an economic injury disaster loan. Click here, so yeah. it's right at the top of the SBA uh, website. So that's not what we're talking yes. about with the CARES Act. This yes. is that is that's it's called an idle E I D L. It's an idle loan, and yeah. it's different. Yeah. So the idle loans, you still do have to prove you tried to borrow somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, still have personal guarantees. Still have collateral. Uh, and there's not right now a, an easy link that says yes, I want one of these pay- payroll protection loans. Yeah. But talk to your lender and find out because they may know. So, Andrew, did you have anything to add to this? No, I mean, the, I think you've covered it pretty well. It, it, it's a program that the SBA is initiating, and I always go right back to that link. You know, they're, they're continually updating the guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we start, it started small, got bigger. I think there's cash flow modeling that, you know, uh, people like me can help with, our team. 
but that's for the traditional SBA loan. I think the calculations for the forgiveness part, you know, the conversion to grant, that will be an important element. Yes. You know, and I can see where you're going to want to get your, you know, your CPAs involved in the actual determination of how to make the ask for that piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the initiation portion, that that's absolutely where that should be. Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, Okay. I think we do have some questions. Jason, what do you have? Um, I did not go over because it's kind of too much information at this point. There are other two programs with the CARES Act, right? That I mentioned high level, the uh, the employee retention and then the, the social security tax credit. Um, in the, the, the information I'll be sending Wendy, we did have um, a spreadsheet mock-up mm-hmm. that you can plug in your numbers really pretty much what your average annual compensation is, number of employees, and it will calculate for you what your prospective uh, maximum loan amount and actually show you and compare that and contrast. I would strongly recommend, like Andrew had mentioned, bring this to your accountant and you and your accountant should have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. This is good general information, but because this is so complicated and your company is unique, you should absolutely uh, take this to someone who can specifically help you if you have a complex situation. Yeah. Hi there. I have something. Yeah, go for it. So um, I have, Insperity has a strategic partner called Growth Force. Mm-hmm. It's a managerial accounting firm, and they came out with a... Uh, Excel spreadsheet and video tutorial that will allow you to have a 13-week projected cash flow, which is obviously very important. And I'll provide that to Wendy. And uh, if anybody wants to download it and use it, Mm -hmm. uh, they certainly can. Great. Cash is king. Cash is king. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So at one point, uh, when I worked for Lise Crutcher Lewis for a number of years and went to a leadership retreat and they said, what is the single most important element of business? Write about it. And uh, we had the chance to kind of uh, show our stuff. And, and my response was something along the lines of uh, cash flow is the single most important uh, component to a successful business. It's the lifeblood. And without it, it's just a dead husk. A little, little macabre, but very true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's very true. So, okay, so the next question that we have in our list is, what if we del- delayed hiring a new employee due to the crisis? Mm-hmm. New employee had a start date of 3.30, but was told to wait due to COVID. And, and I think to, to tag on to that, one question that other folks are, are struggling with is there are some young companies that are growing and adding to their workforce, and maybe mm-hmm. they weren't even in business at this time last year. I think uh, in one case, there's a business that started, uh, what, February? Mm-hmm. So February 1. Uh, so they're in the, the trajectory of growth. So if we're talking about both the delayed new hire and, and bringing on new employees, uh, how, how does that interact with CARES? And, and panelists, feel free to, to jump with in. With borrowing and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, you know, I think at least the way I read it is the, uh, for example, the employer retention credit for employers, that that's calculated off of qualified wages. And I, when you when you look at what that definition is in there, mm-hmm. it excludes the you know sick leave and and family leave that kind of stuff. It looks to just the regular wages. And I don't recall seeing a qualifier that that 
you know, whether or not that person's new or not. Mm-hmm. They're looking for employment, people getting paid, employers getting that money out to them. Um, so my understanding is that's just going to be calculated based on what is qualified wages mm-hmm. r- regardless. So Jason, do you have anything to add to that question? Agreed. I can I concur with Andrew's statements and I would actually, this question requires me for to understand what was the reason for the wait? I mean, if it's COVID-19, but what is the business impact to COVID-19? What did COVID-19 to your, do to your business on why did it you know, slow down? Um, because so the, Andrew, question, so the question came from B. Durkin. Do you want to unmute and clarify? You want to give us any clarification? You still here? Can I give an example? Because I have a, in one of my clients, we relocated someone from one state to Seattle, mm-hmm. and then this happened. And the business, their line of business is not construction, but they're totally wiped out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to shut down business. So what do we do now? <laughs> right. So right, right now, as Andrew had mentioned, because there is no, uh, for this particular employee, this person, you can't include them in your calculations. There's nothing because it's all recorded payroll, all recorded everything. Mm-hmm. The key thing for this employee also is, where does this person get his or her, you know, um, uh, income, uh, salary continuance? The only repercussion is for this person, since it's from an out of state, we're now dealing with two states. Mm. Yeah. This person, most likely, I'm assuming this person is still in the state of Washington, would have to go back to the state of Washington to get uh, employment, unemployment uh, insurance benefits. So as far as that's concerned. So hopefully I answered your question, but at this time, you have to make a business decision on whether to resume that position or not. That's a business decision. Right. Uh, so another question is, it has to do with base pay, prevailing wage, other rates that, that employees are paid. So for example, in construction, you, you're working on a project and there, the pay rate is variable based on, on government on requirements, Davis-Bacon, uh, what have you. So do you have any guidance in terms of, of what folks should be thinking about in, in this case? I did fire off that question as well, because that was, I do have some clients that are in the construction industry. Um, and I'm still waiting for that. If that, the prevailing wages, how does that factor in, in the mm-hmm. calculation? Mm-hmm. So more to come on that one. And hopefully in the video that I released to you or the information I sent over to Wendy will include this information unless Andrew can provide some highlights. Andrew, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I haven't seen any guidance around that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So if we, if I'm a business owner and I'm just kind of, spitballing on what what I would do. Uh, so if I, I have my wages, hold on here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so if I have my, my wages for folks over the last uh, year, and, and there's that average monthly expenditure, and then the 2.5 rate is what I am allowed to recover, uh, in this case, I think I'm probably giving them a raise wouldn't be... Uh, <laughs> Great. Uh, in order to collect that full value of the 2.5 amount, so I would probably pay them their base wage uh, and and keep them engaged, and everyone would probably be pretty happy just to have a paycheck at this point in time, unless yeah. I had a tax advisor uh, or or attorney, someone along those lines, that would give me a way to do something different mm-hmm. or more beneficial. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe. 
that monthly average from 2019, mm -hmm. that's what you're eligible to borrow. Mm -hmm. Then you pay that on payroll over the next two months, mm -hmm. your rent, your utilities. Mm -hmm. So the payroll you're paying over the next two months, it doesn't have to be the same rate at which you were paying in 2019. The one is how much you can borrow. Mm -hmm. The other is how much is forgiven. So then if you, as long as all the money that comes to you mm -hmm. goes to either payroll, to rent, mm -hmm. or to those specific expenses, mm -hmm. all of that is forgiven. And even if there is a little of it at the end that's not forgiven, mm -hmm. the repayment terms for this are pretty reasonable. Yeah. But the interest can't be more than 4% and you have up to 10 years to pay it back. So if there's a little bit of money left over that can't be forgiven, you don't wanna borrow a ton that you can't pay back, but it's not necessarily the end of the world. Right. So we had a question that was something along the lines of, it was related to the equipment and vehicle expenses, and mm -hmm. I know we touched on that a little bit. Uh, so Aaron Diedrichs is saying that uh, in the list, it says, it says transportation is included mm -hmm. in, in the payroll, uh, the different payroll expenses. Mm -hmm. Would that cover payments, insurance, and fuel costs on equipment required to perform our work? Is that part of tr transportation? which I think the transportation is part of a payroll cost and our equipment is not part of a payroll cost. So my guess would be that that would be a no. I don't know definitively yet uh, from my perspective because from a payroll perspective, transportation like mileage reimbursements right, under that particular definition. So again, good question. I don't know definitively, but I will add that to my questions on my end. So by the time I get it to Wendy, hopefully I'll have some more details for you. Yeah. So, so okay. look for more on that. But because the payroll is intended to be just the pieces of what we pay our people, mm -hmm. and we aren't really paying our people for that equipment. That's not something that's part of payroll. It's part of something completely different. So Aaron, does that answer your question? Go ahead and feel free to pipe up. So look for more uh, on that in the future because we're all still figuring this out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I, can you please spotlight that? Oh, hold on, wait, wait. Hang on, Terry. Yeah, let's do this. This is great. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Stay well. <laughs> Everyone, please. Yeah. Bye, everybody. You have to leave? I have to go. Is that what that means? That's what that yeah. means. You're signing off. Hey, uh, well, signing if, off. Do you have any last minute notes before you head out? Yeah. I will, I will forward uh, information off to Wendy as I receive it from Insperity Corporate. And there's some good things in there, especially on that uh, cash flow thing. I got that right away and we'll get mm -hmm. that off. So that would be great. Good luck, everybody. Talk Appreciate to you it. later. Stay, Stay, well. Stay well. Take care. So we have, we had kind of a long run of a lot of questions that we've been trying to address as we go through. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems like that has slowed down. Mm -hmm. Uh, so do we have any more questions from anyone that we didn't get to? So before we jump into that, Aaron, did that, did that, did we ask the right question? Yeah, yeah, the right question. It's just we don't have a definitive answer at the mm -hmm. moment. And mm -hmm. in our industry, you know, we have heavy equipment that the monthly cost on the heavy equipment can be comparable to the payroll. Absolutely. And those, um, those pieces of equipment are essential to be able to keep those people working. Mm -hmm. um, and without them, they, they, they won't have any work. Uh, so we're just trying to figure that out. Obviously everybody's in the same boat. Uh, we're just trying to stay on that leading edge. Yeah. Yeah. And equipment costs can definitely 
uh, exceed payroll depending on absolutely depending on the specific trade. But I think what I would guess is, yeah. in short, when we're looking at how much you can borrow, that mm -hmm. piece that comes from your 2019 payroll, mm -hmm. I believe that equipment probably won't have anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. In terms of how much can be forgiven, though, mm -hmm. when we say utilities. I think there's some question as to whether or not equipment rental could be counted as an essential utility, mm -hmm. and that would be the piece that we'd be waiting for, for an answer on. Yeah. Okay, so now what other questions do we have? Do we have any other questions that someone uh, wants to? So I have a question from Linda. How will mm -hmm. Wendy distribute the info being supplied to her? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. ABC Western Washington has a COVID-19 resources page. Mm -hmm. If you go to their front page on their website, you'll see a banner along the top mm -hmm. that says COVID resources. If you click on that, it will take you to ABC Western Washington's resources page. Mm -hmm. And there are, are tons of links on there, lots of information. Mm -hmm. Michelle is doing the best she can to keep everything organized under different headers so mm -hmm. you can find what you're looking for. Uh, and Jared has actually put that link into the comments for us. So if you look in the comments, you can see the link. Uh, but again, also, I assume you guys know how to get to ABC's website. So if you aren't looking at the comments right now, you can get, you will, if you go to their website, you will see it. Also, uh, Arcade does also have a resources page that you can get to some of the same information, although ABC has more information on their site than we do. And so if there's also something specific that you're looking for or a specific question that you have, feel free to send it to ABC, to Wendy, and she'll get it routed where it needs to go. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're also or, here as a resource to, to help out. Yep, and uh, for these sessions in particular, mm -hmm. uh, before the sessions, if you have questions, please send them to us or to ABC. Uh, because having questions before we get here helps us make sure that we're prepared to answer everything that you guys want to know. So opening up the floor, what questions does everybody have that we haven't addressed thus far, whether it's the FFCRA or the CARES Act? Have anything left? Seems quiet. Yeah. So while we yep. wait to see if there are any more, Was that I'm yes? sorry, did we have a question? Nope. I was just going to say there are some other the other elements in there that are helpful, they just tend to be ones that people have to file carryback claims for. You know, there's other things that they can do to generate cash, but they're just not um, the immediate. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're our teams are gearing up to help people with these calculations and, you know, help them get the uh, credits, you know, the numbers pulled together, that kind of stuff. But it's these these are the fast ones. The rest are, I think, related to you know, refund claims, like I said, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. It, the business provisions anyway in there. Um, they've, they've been more forgiving with some of their limits on things that they put in under tax reform. Mm -hmm. um, they've expanded NOLs to go back. So companies want to look at their last year's operations, 2018 even, mm -hmm. um, and see if there's opportunities there. But, um, but the immediate things about the deferred payroll deposits, Mm -hmm. The credits, you know, those are things that are going to be impactful in the next few weeks. Yep. So we met last week and talked a little about stay home, stay healthy and what it meant to everyone. And we asked a question at the end of that session about what we wanted to talk about. So this session came out of that because so many people wanted to know more about FFC RA before April 1st, which is why we scheduled this kind of emergency session. <laughs> so in addition, we asked in a poll what everyone wanted to talk about. Uh, this week, next, this coming Thursday, this, this Thursday. week. Yeah, like three weeks from today in three days. Right. 
So this Thursday, we're having another one of these sessions. And as of last week, the vote was that people wanted to talk about uh, cash flow mm -hmm. and keeping our doors open. That is pretty relevant. But we wanted to go ahead and put a poll together to give you guys an opportunity because uh, everything changes every day. So you should see a poll pop up on your screen right now. And you can vote for whether you'd rather stick with the cash flow topic or we've got a couple other upcoming topics that you can pick from. So if you can vote on that poll and just give us some input on what we really want to talk about this week, this mm -hmm. Thursday, uh, that would be very much appreciated. And, and it also helps us uh, stay tuned or stay in tune with what everybody is struggling with at this point in time. I think cash flow is, is critically important. So we have what, 10 folks who are interested in cash flow. That number is going up. I feel like that one is a pretty pretty significant winner. So uh, undo your, your answers for cash flow, if you can, real quick. Just take back your take answer. Take a screenshot of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So if you had to come up with a second answer. For next week, or are you looking now for an answer in? Uh... Here we go. So I'm going to do that one more time. So. Cash flow, we're doing this Thursday. So what is your, your number two need? And you can also feel free to add, if you don't see it in, in this list, just add it in the comments and we'll make sure that that gets addressed. What so else now are we're you struggling asking, yeah, what would you talk about next week? Mm -hmm. Next Thursday, what do you need help with? Just so we can start trying to get our experts lined up now. Seems like everybody's pretty good. Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't see the poll. Oh. It looks like it didn't relaunch. Thank you, Eric. There we go. Hold on. Hang on. We're going to relaunch. Still learning to use the tools, too. Yep. How about now? Do we see it? Yeah, there we go. All right. So if you don't vote for cash flow right now, because we are talking about cash flow this Thursday, it's a little confusing, but this is for now next Thursday, next week. What do we want to talk about after we're done talking about cash flow? And again, if you if there's a topic that you really need help with, just drop it in the comments and we'll we'll get to it. So it looks like working safely on essential projects and maybe we can get some safety people in the room. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a good a good thing. And that again, this being able to look ahead and figure out what you guys want to talk about obviously changes every day, but it lets us have a little bit of time to get these essential people in the room because they are being called on a lot yeah. right now. So imagine if it was just the two of us holding this session without all of the panelists and oh. resources. I mean, we can we can tap dance and, and throw some jokes out there, but it's just not nearly <laughs> as helpful. Yeah, we do the best we can to help out, but we're not the experts. So Good. appreciate the input. Thank you very much. So it looks like it's uh, working safely on essential projects. That's a, that's a number one item number two item I guess right yeah. so it's cash flow this Thursday mm -hmm. working safely on essential projects next Thursday good so as always if there are other ways that we can help you uh, let ABC know let us know we're all just trying to work together and stick together and we're here to help yeah. so Wendy if we could just a, a word or two from you. I feel like we're, we're pretty good on questions. Do you have any closing remarks before we close this thing out? I just want to thank all of our panelists for coming together so quickly for us today. <laughs> yes, thank um, you. And then I will, yes. Um, and then I will post the 
panelists contact information with the video to the website. So if anyone wants to reach out to them on anything, it'll be right there for them. Excellent. Great. Although Great. remember our panelists are busy, so they may be a little <laughs> delayed in getting back to you. Yeah. you might get it at midnight. <laughs> yeah, they do in fact have day jobs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not. So uh, anything before we close out? Good to go. All right. So okay. uh, just a couple of closing notes. Uh, we will post this recorded video on on our website and also and ABC's, ABC's YouTube. Uh, if anybody wants to share that with others, uh, we do. We I guess the big piece of news is that we launched our mobile uh, virtual training. So if you're if you are in the category where you are going to be paying your employees to stay home and you don't have a whole lot for them to do. We have virtual training that we've launched addressing things like uh, Microsoft Outlook, time management, but also contract specific pieces. So yeah, change management, stuff, mm -hmm. uh, technical writing. Yeah, best practices running construction projects. And we will be addressing specific issues in the training that, that we're dealing with uh, in this work environment. So uh, we tried to create a way for people to make the most of this time when we're paying people to stay home. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it'll also give everybody the opportunity to pull together and feel like a team through going through these events. So mm -hmm. go ahead and check out our website. It's just Arcade Wayfinding. Uh, and we're, we're here to help. Here, uh, So everyone who is here right now, mm -hmm. you are registered for the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, once you sign up for this group, you stay in this group until you ask to be removed. Yeah. Uh, and everyone will receive meeting credentials for all of these the day before. I've been asked to let you guys know that. Mm -hmm. um, and if anybody needs in, anything in the meantime, uh, email Wendy. Uh, you can email us, jason at arcadewayfinding.com. Mary. Mary at arcadewayfinding.com. You can find us on LinkedIn. Yep. Uh, also, uh, please, in the future, uh, I have a request also from staff that we make sure when we sign in next time that we try to enter our name. It makes it much easier for us to be able to interact with everybody if we have everybody's first and last name. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, so I don't think Travis is here, Wendy. Okay. You want to you wanna do Travis's break for us? Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> if you do it, though, you have to, uh, you have to give the little preamble about football. So, oh. <laughs> so don't jump into it because we messed this up last time. Uh, so I'm going to unmute everybody, unmute everybody. And so it's gonna get really loud with people who don't realize we're unmuting them. So this is your chance. You'll need to help me with the preamble. Yeah, you do the okay. preamble and let Wendy do the break. Here we go. So, so if, oh, what am I what am I? What's going, What's going on? on? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Okay. So, Wendy. Yep. Uh, in if anybody is a part of uh, football, everybody knows that uh, coming together as a team at the end is, is really important. So, uh, we're just going to do a huddle break where we come together, say "Ready, break!" All together. We're losing people by the second. Let's go. Ready, ready go. Wendy. Hands up. Okay, ready. ready. Break. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next see you guys. week. We'll see you this week. See this you on week. Thursday. Yeah. In three weeks. In three weeks on Thursday. <laughs> Don't say that. You're going to confuse people. <laughs>